starting with Ephesians 4. For grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. My name's David. I'm the pastor here at Foundation, and uh, it's great to welcome you here. Thank you, Nicole, for leading us so well uh, so far in the service. This is her first time, so I'm just so encouraged uh, that she wanted to take the challenge and um, just try, and uh, I'm, I'm really encouraged and, and thankful for that. So, brilliant. More of that. Um, great. Let's, let's have a look at those Bible verses together. Um, if you're new with us or if you're maybe one of our returning visitors, and there's quite a few of you here, don't worry, you're not the only one. Um, we are embarking on a little mini-series uh, through um, some specific sort of gifts that we read about in the New Testament in the Bible uh, that Jesus gives to the church. And the series is called Equipping the Saints. And we get all that from a, a passage in Ephesians chapter 4 um, that we looked at last week, um, but we've just sort of summarized it a little bit with a few verses there that Rachel read to us. And uh, last week we were looking at uh, the role or the gifting uh, of apostleship or the apostle. What is the apostle? Um, you know, how do they, how do they work? Um, do they even exist? And all that. So if you missed that and you're interested to know a bit more about what we concluded, you can, you can listen online, you know, through podcasts and, and all the rest of it, through your favorite podcast provider. It should be there, and, uh, and you'll find us there to catch up. Um, but what we were saying last week is that these five gifts, and we'll, we'll, we'll see them, uh, you can see them on your, on your sheet, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers, these seem to be sort of specifically catalytic gifts uh, that, that Jesus gives, the risen Jesus. He died on the cross, he rose, he ascended to, to heaven, and it says from there he gave these gifts to, to strengthen and to build the church. And they seem, they're not the only gifts he gives, uh, um, but they seem particularly catalytic uh, for growth and health. And us here at Foundation Church uh, Belfast, we have a vision for our city, we have a vision for our nation, and so we want to take seriously these, these gifts uh, that Jesus gives to the church. We want to actively receive them and use all that Jesus gives us to achieve his purposes on the mission that he sends us out to do. So we're going to be thinking this morning um, about this particular issue then today, or this particular question of, of prophecy, prophets. Um, so we're going to be thinking uh, in three, sort of three headings, I suppose. Uh, number one, what is prophecy? Let's get on the same page there and see, see what it is. What is prophecy? Number two, how do prophetic gifts work in the church, according to the Bible? And number three, how do we receive 
prophetic, or how do we use the prophetic gifts in, in Foundation Church and beyond? Um, by the way, I did a, a series almost a year ago now um, looking at some of these issues. It was a series called When You Come Together and some of the defining things that we do uh, as we come together for worship as a church. So some of these issues uh, that we're talking about today I've sort of dealt with maybe in a bit more detail. So if you're interested, if you still have some questions left, I would encourage you to go back and, and look at that as well, When You Come Together, um, from, from a little mini-series in 1 Corinthians 12. Anywho, Prophecy. I'm going to give you what I consider to be um, the sort of working definition of prophecy, so that when, when I'm using that term, this is what I mean. So I, I, I think that the Bible steers us towards this. Uh, prophecy is the revealing of God's heart and mind to his people in extraordinary ways, often immediately relevant and impactful on the hearers. Okay, I'll say that again. So it's the revealing of God's heart and mind, usually in extraordinary ways, in a way that is immediately relevant and impactful on the hearers. That's what I think prophecy is all about. And sometimes I'll use the term revelatory gifts, and we'll see that in a few minutes as to why that is. Um, but that's, that's, that's pretty much what, it, what I, I consider Scripture to teach on prophecy. Um, and we'll think about that in, in a few minutes. And this, this shouldn't really be a surprise to us that we're dealing with this topic today. Um, because, you know, Nicole read it out at the start. Um, on, on the day of, of, of Pentecost, you know, the day when uh, Jesus had, had risen, and, and roughly 50 days later, he, he, he poured out the Holy Spirit upon the church. Um, and, you know, I suppose we could consider that to be the day when the church was, was born, so to speak, in Acts chapter 2. And, and this, uh, this, this prophecy that, um, from the Old Testament that, that, that she read out... Um, uh, it just explains what was going on. This is uh, the prophecy from Joel in the Old Testament, um, and that the, uh, they said on the day of Pentecost was this. I will, this is God speaking. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they will prophesy. So it seems to be that the sign predicted in the old days, when the Holy Spirit comes in power and, and, and uh, you know, fills the church, uh, prophecy will be part of what happens, and, and uh, this will be something that, that we will see. And so th there's no surprise again that when we fast forward uh, to some of the earliest churches that were started by the apostles in those early days, uh, we see this fleshed out. So for example, uh, Paul writes to one of the churches in Corinth in sort of modern-day Greece. You can see the, the words up on the screen behind me. And he writes this to them. He says, for to one, you know, within your church, to one is given... Through the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom, to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another, the workings of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. So what is prophecy in the local church? Well, we see it here in this, in this text that we've just read from 1 Corinthians 12, Paul's letter to the church. We see it here. God is you know, making his heart and mind known to the church. It's a sign of his presence with his people, and he's speaking. And, and there's different applications and different forms that we, we can see in those verses that Paul has just, just written. Um, for example, the, the, the God can make his mind and heart known through, through the sort of utterance of wisdom, you know, a sort of sudden you know, uh, uh, wise word, I suppose, that can really steer and influence. Uh, likewise, words of knowledge. Uh, the ability to know something about a person or a, a situation that otherwise is completely hidden and would not otherwise be knowable. That's probably what a word of knowledge is. God revealing his heart and his mind. 
to another faith by the same Spirit. Here I take faith to be a sort of, uh, not, not, not necessarily saving faith in Jesus, that we are all inquire, required to, to have faith in Jesus in order to, to, to receive his promises and to be forgiven of our sins. That's not what I think he's talking about here. But faith being this sort of sudden, I suppose, deep conviction, being utterly convinced that God will act in a certain way. He will hear, he will answer my prayers, he will move in a certain way. That seems to be uh, the gift of faith. And even he goes on to say, to another prophecy you know, revelation, and to some the ability to distinguish between spirits, discernment, you know, being able to see on the spiritual plane, knowing if something is of God or if something is not of God. So I think taken together, all of these things are evidences and forms of what we're hearing about on the day of Pentecost is the the, the prophetic gift, God making his heart and his mind known through people in the church. We see other things as well taking place, other forms of the prophetic taking place, I suppose. Uh, God can make his heart and his mind known through dreams. He can make his heart and his mind known through visions, where you're actually awake. A dream dream is what happens when you're asleep. A vision is probably something that happens when you're awake. But you're aware of God saying something or doing something. For for some people, it's sort of a, a picture, an impression, an image of some form or other. For others, it's a Bible verse or a Bible section that is impressed upon them with particular relevance and importance that either is for them or for someone else in their church. Either way, these things are very relevant, they're very impactful. Sometimes you don't always know the relevance until you share them. All of these things, we're just sort of describing them at the moment, they're all to be understood under this sort of umbrella heading of prophecy. It's all part of the prophetic gifting the New Testament holds out for us. When does, when does God reveal these things to prophetic people or those gifted with prophetic ability? When does he do that? Um, whenever he wants is the answer to that. He can do this uh, during prayer times, when you're either praying personally or privately for somebody. He can do it in corporate prayer times, revealing something, um, a word or something like that. It may happen during worship, singing. Uh, it may happen even during a sermon, you know, or any point in our gatherings, even at the bread and the wine and the table. He can reveal something, his heart and his mind. Maybe a period of silence if you're, if you're uh, spending time in reflection, time in fasting. God reveals himself to his people. Maybe he just drops it in when you're driving the car or doing something else. That can happen sometimes. Perhaps you've experienced something like this. You know, you're starting to maybe uh, say, yeah, that's, that's happened to me. You know, you've received something that... that uh, you may, maybe uh, you take as being from, from the Lord something direct and specific. Maybe you've passed that on to someone else. Or maybe someone has come to you and passed it on to you and said, I think there's a, something from the Lord, I want to share it with you. Maybe that's happened to you. The point with all this, though, the point with prophecy, uh, just so we're clear, um, it, it seems pretty obvious to me in the New Testament that the point of prophecy is to build and strengthen the church. Okay, it's not to be flashy or to get crowds of people because we can do cool things. The, the point is to build and strengthen the church, or as we're seeing here, in, to use the words of uh, Ephesians 4, is to, is to mature and unite the church. There's a little gem of a, of a section um, in Acts chapter 15, again, it's on the screen behind me, um, talking about some of the early leaders in the early church. It says, And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers, that is the church, with many words. I love that. They're actually delivering a letter. 
And when they went, they thought, well, while we're here, let's prophesy, let's, let's, let's strengthen you, let's encourage you. We're not told exactly what they said or how they went around it, but we see the result of their prophetic ministry, which was to encourage and strengthen the church. That's what all this amounts to. Yes, sometimes the, the, the prophetic words or, or whatever they are, are, are words of exhortation, of challenge, maybe sometimes even a call to repentance or, or a warning against sin, you know, stop sinning. But either way, they are in, to encourage and strengthen the church. That's the result of the whole thing. We see that time and again in Paul's letters to Corinth, you know, the one who prophesies does it to upbuild and encourage, to build the church, to build the church. That's what he says time and again. So what is prophecy? It is God making his heart and mind known in extraordinary ways through prophetically gifted people so the church is built up and strengthened. If that's our parameter for understanding prophetic, then a lot of the, the myths and problems that, that we have and sometimes people hear of outside uh, will, will actually float away. Oh, that's, that's what you mean. That's what prophecy... Okay, I can get on board with that. So what is prophecy? I just want to highlight, though, before we, we move on though to, to the next section... Um, the, the prophecy, or sometimes people use the word revelation, we're not talking about replacing the Bible here, just to be clear. Um, that's not what we're saying. The Bible, uh, for us all, is our supreme authority in matters of faith and practice. So we're not adding more to it. Um, any, any revelatory gifts or insights that we are given or you, we think we have, um, are to be judged in light of the Bible's teachings. We're not adding to it. We're not subtracting to it. We're not saying, well, this is better than the Bible. Or the Bible says this, but we're actually going to go and do that. That's not prophecy. That's not from God. There's no conflict here, in my view. And I don't think Scripture gives us some, some conflict either. In fact, um, uh, for example, in 1 Thessalonians 5, again, Paul's writing a letter to another church Again, I think they're on the screen behind me. It says, he, he advises the church, do not despise prophecies. Okay, so you don't have an option to sort of relegate them or kick them out. Don't despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. It would be so much easier if he just said, look, prophecies, you know, they're just going to stop as soon as I'm dead. Then, then, then we're safe. But he doesn't say that. He just says, don't despise them. They're there for your blessing and benefit and for your good. Take them. They will build you up, but just test them. And if it's good, if it's of God, then hold fast. If it's a pile of rubbish, ditch it. Likewise, he says in 1 Corinthians 14, weigh up what is said when someone brings a prophetic word. So whether that's you as an individual receiving something or us as a church, we just think. And we ask God, is this of you? And if it is, and if there's nothing to, to conflict, or if it's generally, you know, to, to build us up, then we receive it and we say, thank you, Jesus. So what is prophecy? It's making God making his heart and mind known in extraordinary ways. So how, do, how then do, do prophetic gifts work in the church, or how, how should they work? Let's get some... Um, some sort of guidelines from scripture. There's, there's much that can be said, by the way. And so today, I know it's a bit of a paper chase. We're all over the place. This is not the ordinary sort of style of preaching that we do here at Foundation Church. Usually we just pick one section and stick with it. But sometimes it's necessary to, to address a certain theme. We have to go around a little bit um, just to give you a rough overview. Um, and that's one of these talks today. Um, how, do we, how do the prophetic gifts work in the church? 
Um, we, we've seen, haven't we, that the ultimate goal is, is to build up the church, to strengthen it, or in, a, in the case of Ephesians 4, it's to bring the church to maturity and health. We, we, we get that. Um, so, let's, so let's look at some of the specific ways that this can work out. Um, on your sheet, you will see a little section from Acts 13. What we see there is how the prophetic gifts are working to steer the mission of the church. So that's one of the key ways that prophetic gifts work, to steer the mission of the church. Um, Antioch, the church represented here in, in Acts chapter 13, uh, is the first, let's just say the first major church plant uh, among Gentiles, among non-Jewish people in the very early days. And it became, as time went on, a major center for mission to the, the entire empire, the Roman Empire. Tremendous. But back in the early days, um, it was very raw, very wonderful. And it says that uh, there are prophets and teachers in that church. And it lists them out. Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manaean, Saul. What were they doing? Um, they weren't in a boardroom, sat around a table with the, with the flip chart out. Or they may have done that. But here they're presented as, as worshipping the Lord and fasting. And it's here, it's into this sort of hungry spiritually hungry environment that God the Holy Spirit spoke and he revealed his heart and his mind in this immediate and extraordinary way how did he speak we don't know was it an audible word maybe was it uh, they all had a, a visionary picture at that same moment could have been was it that one of them had such a clear word from God that the others were like, yes, that is totally of God. We're right on board with that. Who knows? We're not told. Uh, it must have been clear enough because someone told Luke who wrote this down and sort of quoted it verbatim so we know exactly what was said. Anywho, it doesn't matter. That's how it happened. And the Holy Spirit said, set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've commanded them. And it says, following more prayer and fasting, they were, they were sent off to go and do. I love this passage. I think it's probably one of my favorite in the, in the book of Acts because I love the vision of the kind of leadership team that it, that it presents us with. It's awesome. Um, it's the kind of leadership team I want to be a part of. I, I, I want to be a part of a, a group like that. And that's what I want for us here at Foundation Church as well. And in fact, um, as, as our eldership training program called E+, uh, a few weeks ago, we studied this very passage together. And we said, this is the kind of leadership moments that we hunger for. Yes, the flip chart has to come out and the debating and all the rest of it and the important stuff. Uh, but we have to have room for moments like this where the Holy Spirit can, can speak as we're hungering after him. And we can see then, can't we, through this prophecy that God identified and dispatched his 18, Barnabas and Saul, to, to go on mission, you know, should you choose to accept it. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. And off they went. And when they went, they established this world-shaping set of Christian communities across the ancient Near East that changed the shape of history, quite literally, as they went. The Holy Spirit, through the prophetic gifts, can steer the mission of the church. Something similar happened to um, St. Patrick 
as well, a little more, uh, a few more years after Paul and, and Barnabas, well, not that many. Uh, Patrick, if you ever read his confessions, he wrote them himself. Uh, well worth reading. They're actually really small as well, so it's well worth reading. Um, but he says this. This is about his calling. Uh, Patrick was, was, a, was a slave probably from the mainland somewhere or other. We're not exactly sure where. And he was sort of grabbed by a bunch of pirates and, and effectively made, made to do some manual labor around here somewhere. We think probably around Slemish, you know, County Antrim direction. Who knows? Um, and, uh, and then eventually he got free and he managed to get back to his homeland and um, back to his actual homestead. And it was during this time when he was back home that he saw this vision. I'm just going to read it. This is his own words. He said, I, in this vision, I saw a man coming, as it were, from Ireland. His name was Victoricus, and he carried many letters. And he gave one of them to me. I read the heading. It said, The Voice of the Irish. As I began the letter, I imagined at that moment that I heard a voice of these very people who were near the woods of Foclot, which is actually probably around County Antrim somewhere, which is beside the Western Sea the Irish Sea. And they cried out, as with one voice, we appeal to you, holy servant boy, come and walk among us. And so on the basis of that vision, Patrick returned to Ireland and began his mission to the Irish. He planted churches which influenced European culture for the next thousand years. Tremendous. The Holy Spirit, through prophetic gifts, can steer the mission of the church. We, we want to be the kind of church, don't we, who, who listens to God when he speaks and says yes when he calls us. Yes, he speaks through the ordinary means, through scripture. He says through scripture, go and make disciples of all nations, and we go and do that because he said it. But from time to time, he also speaks through the extraordinary. He speaks directly. He speaks specifically to us. He says, plant there. Send these people Forge links with this group. Go and bless this community. He steers the mission of the church. But the second thing we see prophetic gifts doing is, is, is more, I suppose, more general, strengthens the whole community. Okay, so he steers and he strengthens. This is probably most usual uh, for us. Uh, all about building up the body and, and encouraging and strengthening. And this, this can happen. Uh, prophetic gifts can, can work in any number of circumstances. Um, how they can come out. Let me, let me give you a few examples. Uh, with a prophetic gift, for example, it might look like sharing a contribution during one of our worship services or one of our gatherings. In fact, Pierre shared something a couple of weeks ago about Elisha asking for the double blessing from Elijah, uh, a story in the Old Testament. And so you brought that. And that really stirred some people and really encouraged some others to go further after God and for, to come out of the shadows, wasn't it? And ask, ask for more from God. And that was just a great example of a prophetic gift being used to strengthen and encourage. Sometimes you might find prophetic uh, insights come during prayer for other people where God reveals something that he wants to tell them. And this happened a few times in the prayer and worship gathering on Tuesday that we just had last week as well. When we're praying over someone, we're blessing someone, occasionally he will speak give visions or pictures or, or whatever. Maybe you yourself have, have received a text message or a voicemail from someone or other within our community um, to bless you and encourage you and to say, look, I, I, I just, I've had this for you and I want to, I want to encourage you. And here's, here's, here's what I think the Lord is saying. And they, they deliver whatever it is to encourage and strengthen you. This is the prophetic gift in action. 
You know, these are just a few examples. Uh, but it's the way that we can be built up and stirred up by these gifts being used. Um, just before we move on, I also want to mention that the, the most of this prophetic activity that we're talking about is focused within the church, is inside the church. But I think that God also raises up people with such strength and type of gifting that they influence outside the church as well, or influence among the churches. And we see this, I think, probably in Ephesians 4. It's that sort of thing. It's, it, it's churches, plural, being served by prophetically gifted people to bless and encourage other churches in addition to their home church. For example, the church in Antioch that we've just been thinking about in Acts chapter 11, they were blessed by teams of prophetic people coming it says, down from Jerusalem to, to, to bring strength and firepower to feed into that early church and to, to bring them encouragement. One such prophet was named Agabus, who actually predicted, before it even happened, a great famine that was going to take place in Judea. And on the basis of his prophecy, the church in Antioch gave generously to bless their brothers and sisters in Judea. So the, the prophetic gifts strengthen the whole community, but, but occasionally God raises up people who have a, a ministry over and above you know, uh, what we see in the local church. Okay, you still with me? Not really? Great. Okay. What is prophecy? How do they work? Finally then, how do we receive, how do we do the prophetic in our church? How do we, how do, you know, how do we sort of grab a hold of this gift that Jesus gives us? Uh, and if you have a gift, how do you grow in it? Um, three, three steps, and then, and then that's pretty much us coming into land. How do, we, how do we receive the prophetic? First of all, we identify it. We identify the gift. Okay, not everybody in here is going to be prophetically gifted. But more people are than we know about. Or more people will be than we know about. I think there's more prophetically gifted people in here than we're all aware of just yet. And so I think it's important for us to identify um, as a church what the prophetic gift is. And maybe as you've been listening to some of these things we've been talking about, you, you've actually been feeling a bit stirred and you've been thinking, well, yes, that's me. That's, that's happened to me. I've, I've, I've had a picture or a dream or, 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 or some, something like that, something like what we're describing here, what we see in Scripture. That's happened to me. And if you think like that, then it could be that you've got a prophetic gift that God wants to release and, and, and use so that we're all blessed. Maybe you've been listening to some of these things and you've been thinking, well, that's not me, but I would love it to be me. You've got a hunger or a desire in your heart for uh, this sort of ministry that we're talking about. And it could well be that you are going to be given or have been given a prophetic gift as well. The Apostle Paul says, eagerly desire the gifts, especially that you may prophesy. It is good to hunger and desire after these gifts. And so if that's in you, that desire, that could be the first step identifying it. Maybe you sense that in yourself. Maybe you're quite convinced, no, that's definitely not me, but I've seen it in others. And you have a role to play as well. Because if you've seen it in others, you get to name that and sort of encourage that and, and call it out. You know, and you could go to someone who's maybe encouraged you or, or strengthened you or has given you some sort of word or, or whatever, and, and you can say, look, I, I've, I've, I've seen this in you. And I've experienced this, and you have encouraged me, you've strengthened me, you have spoke words of such relevance to my situation. 
that I think has probably come from God, you couldn't have known those things. So if you see it, if you've experienced it, then, um, then again, sort of speak it out, call it out, encourage it. Um, identify it. There's, there's plenty of other books. I'm not going to um, go into loads today, but here's one particular book here. Um, this is my own copy. You cannot have it. Um, but uh, I'm just kidding. You can borrow it if you want. Um, this is a really handy uh, step into the, the, the things of the spiritual gift, I suppose, called The Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gift uh, by Sam Storms. You can get that for a few quid on Amazon. Um, and uh, it's very, very helpful. In fact, I have a copy on order for somebody who I think God is working in, and I want them to read this book so they can uh, figure out what, what way he's steering them. Um, it just didn't come in time for Sunday, sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, there's plenty of books like that. Um, also, we're going to host some sessions as well. We can actually see and experience prophetic gifts being used in a, in a, in a really strengthening building way for example our joint worship event on the 2nd of november we're talking about with, with the other uh, advanced church up in Ballyclare and some advanced pastors from the mainland coming over and uh, we just think that god is going to bless that time and you know opportunity for spiritual you know um, gifts and for the uh, the um, prophetic gifts to be used um, oh by the way i've set up the, the ipad next door so you can actually sign up for that we are requiring a sign up just for seating and stuff like that um, so the 2nd of November, if you're able to get along to that, it's an evening gathering, worship and prayer, and we'll, we'll play it by ear thereafter. Um, so please do sign up, because we've got a whole bunch from the Way Church coming and a whole bunch of um, pastors from goodness knows where as well. So it should be fun. All right. Um, good. So identify it. Number two step, practice it, as in do it. Um, you can do all the reading and learning and teaching that you want, but eventually it is necessary for you to take a step, for you to take a flyer and to do it. Yes, we want to be informed as we are practicing the spiritual gifts. Yes, we want to be humble, but if God has given you a gift, then you need to unwrap it and use it, and, and you need to dip your toe in at some point to shift the metaphor. Uh, and even be a big scary thing you have nightmares about and cold, coming out in a cold sweat because God's given you a word of encouragement for someone else and you just, you know, that's not how it sh- needs to be. Just do it. You know, we're, I think we're happy, aren't we, as, as Christians, uh, church people in general, for others to try gifts out. We're happy for them to have a go at teaching and, and we give them grace and, and love and support. Uh, when they do well, we know they're just starting out and, and, and we're not expecting them to be, you know, uh, like Charles Spurgeon, are we, on their first ever effort at preaching a sermon. Likewise, with, with music, for example, we're willing to, to get behind people and say, yeah, it's great, you know, you're, you're growing, it's really awesome. So why not this gift as well? Let's give grace, let's give space, let's give opportunity to try it and use it, especially for those who are just starting out. You know, I think, I think the prophetic gift, as with all gifts, is something that we're given and yet we have to unwrap, like the, the present under the Christmas tree. It's no good just sitting there. You have to take it and receive it and do something with it to enjoy it. Much like the gift of prophecy. It's never fully fledged. You know, you grow in it and in your experience, your maturity, your wisdom and how you use it, all these things. Just a few little uh, guidelines here. If God does give you a word of encouragement or a scripture or something like that, please do not go and get yourself a staff made out of wood and dress in camel's clothing and eat wild hun- locusts and wild honey and say, thus says the Lord, I have a word from you. 
please don't do that. Not only will you look incredibly stupid, um, but it's not very humble. Because we're, we're saying, we, I think this is from the Lord, but I, I want you to receive this. I, I, I want you to test it. And if it's of him, it will, it will work. It will build you up. That's how we approach it. We pass it on. And then the job's done. And do you remember the point of all this? It's to build up, isn't it? Even if it's a word of exhortation or, or, or call to repentance, it's to build up. So think to yourself, did that thing encourage that other person? Did it build faith in them? If it did, then great. Thank you, Jesus. As with any gift, the more you use it, the more aware you are of your gifting, the more you seek the Lord for more of it, the more he will reveal to you. You know, So just do something with what you've got. Don't worry about what it could be like in the future. Just start somewhere. Leave the growth pattern to him. And if you start using that gift, whatever way that looks and however it comes, we all win, right? This is, this is a community project. The church is built up. And as you grow in character, as you grow in maturity and wisdom, so too will your prophetic gift grow. Gifting without character is like a loaded weapon. It's bad news. Gifting with character is like, is like honey on our lips. And as I say, when you receive a prophetic word from someone else who gives it to you, please show grace. Say thank you. Uh, even if it's all sort of like uh, messed up and uh, I can't understand what exactly that means, just say thank you and say, look, I'm going to ask the Lord, is this from you? I'm going I'm to think this through. I'm going to pray this through. Let's show each other grace as we, as we embark on this. So we identify it. We practice it. The third and final way that we use the prophetic gift in our church is to share it. I was kind of hinting at this earlier on. Yes, the gift is for us. Yes, it's to build us up, but it impacts beyond us as well. We saw this last week. Um, our vision, I suppose, is at Foundation Church, up on the screen, is to catalyze the gospel transformation of our city and nation through resourcing, renewal, and replication. That's what we see ahead of us. That's what we see our calling is. And that's what the Ephesians 4 gifts are getting at. They, they catalyze the church, and also they catalyze beyond just us to other churches that we may plant or, or, or connect with somehow or other. And so prophetic gifts are very much part of our, our weaponry that Jesus gives us to, for that vision to become a, a reality. Let me just give you a few big, big picture things here to, to hopefully bring this down to land. Um, in the not-too-distant future, then, we, we, we hope to see, uh, with prophetic gifting in our church, uh, resourcing. So how can we resource other churches with our own prophetic gifting where well, we can send out gifted people to bless and stir and encourage and minister to other churches or leaders? And as we progress, I think, in our own experience with prophetic gifting, we can also teach and train others to, to grasp a hold of this wonderful gift that Jesus gives us. So we can resource other churches with prophetic gifting. Second thing we can do is renew. Renewal is all about bringing back dead or declining churches to life again by the grace of God, and that will require prophetic ministry. Let's say, for example, I'm, I, I've got an apostolic gifting, right? And uh, say, say uh, you know, vision and strategy and the big picture, and say I end up sort of uh, being asked to come and help a declining church or a church that's struggling or stuck or something like that. I would want someone who is prophetically gifted on my team with me, who, who, can, who can see and hear and, and speak truth into difficult situations and sometimes, you know, dig people out of a rut and, and, and bring something fresh into a situation, into a meeting or whatever. They can bring consolation. 
where hearts are, are low. They can provide the way forward when the Spirit moves and guides. So you can see how the prophetic gift can help with renewal of churches. And finally, with replication. The prophetic gift can be used for replication. We've seen that in Acts chapter 13, you know, when the Holy Spirit says and sends out. Prophetic people can help reveal next steps. They can help confirm the proposed direction of travel. They can help identify new areas for for, for ministry and church planting. So many ways. What a wonderful gift. My hope today is that um, as we've been thinking about these things, um, you're just feeling a a stirring and a hunger. And even if you've come maybe from a tradition where where you you know, these are, these, these are not talked about or, or, or sort of talked about in a negative sense. I just hope that as we have opened some of these scriptures together and just even very briefly looked at them, that you, you again will, will start to see there's a bigger picture perhaps than the one that you've, you've come to understand. So my encouragement is just to keep going. Wherever you're at, keep going. And um, let's receive all that God has for us. Let's stand together. We're going to pray. Let's stand.